always takes a while to get him going. Can you get your stream going? That's what can Good morning, Pop. Can you get your stream going? Come on, YouTube. You can do it. You can make it. Make it happen, YouTube. There we go. All online. Well, this is taking a while. As always. Twitch, what are you doing, man? Why? Why does it take Twitch? So very long to get going. I don't understand what takes Twitch so long. This guy can't tell me. He doesn't even have a name. What do we call him? That's... That's the question of the morning. What do we call the dancing coffee cup? What, what kind of name do we give this guy? I don't know. We got a ton on the list today. Got a lot of stuff on the list. What is going on in the world is what we want to know. Who's, what's, the, what's the cyber? What's the hyper, cyber haps for the day? Um, you guys may notice my Illy Coffee is in a brand new cup. I'm waiting forever for these things to come in. Got them all the way from Casper, Wyoming. Custom made. Look, look at, check this out. These are the new red cups. So this is the Remember Everyone Deployed red coffee cup. It's got the red logo on the one side and it's got the cyber on the other. Um, kind of cool. They came in. I don't. I don't know if I'm going to sell them though. I don't. I don't know if they're going to go for sale because they just by the time they got cut by the time the laser by the time I bought the cup these are arctic cups they're not they're not yetis but they're still pretty pricey so by the time they got that the shipping putting the laser on this side putting the laser on that side I think they're just too I think they're too expensive to sell I don't want to I don't want you guys to pay that much so they'll probably be gifts we'll probably give them away they'll probably be part of part of your trivia night part of that kind of stuff but man they're cool cups you can't they seal so well that if you have the lid closed, it it won't it physically won't go down. It'll pop back up. It's they're they're really really good cups. And it's been hot coffee, hot illy, fresh steaming coffee for the last hour and a half in this thing. Uh, whatever's left is what I've got left. It is a, a good morning, as Kevin says. Good morning, Kevin. It's nice to see you this morning. I see people are starting to get on, starting to jump on to the stream. Um, what is, what do we have, what's on the docket for today? Um, financials are spending more money because of COVID. Guess, surprise, surprise. Um, there's a new defense method for defending internet of things. You know, and I, you know, you know, that I know, you know, I know that we know, uh, we always talk about IOT. IOT is huge, uh, in the world. My favorite group, CISA, the DOD and the FBI are in the news for talking about a, I'm going to air quote it, new malware out there. I love when the, they, they throw the new malware to get you to, to bite on, on the news story. But it's worth talking about. It isn't new, but the article's going to say it's new. Um, so they're warning about, warning about that. Um, there's a new Chinese. Yeah, that's a new one. Um, and that, that's yeah, from Chinese the new Chinese malware. Um, FBI also is warning about a new e-commerce fraud scheme coming at you. They captured, uh, you know, a global manhunt, a global rundown to catch the folks that, that breached the Twitter accounts of very many VIPs to try to get you to double your Bitcoin. Obviously, 
a huge scam, a crazy, crazy scam. And today we're going to celebrate the birthday of the U.S. Coast Guard. Uh, that's our not a weird holiday of the day, and I, I'm giving it to you up front. Normally, I don't give you the holiday till the end, uh, but today we're going to do it up front because it is the Coast Guard uh, founded this day, 1790, a long time ago. Talk about Coast, Coast Guard stuff when we get to the end of the show. So that's what's coming up. Um, Paul is here this morning. Obviously good to see you too, Paul. Uh, folks jumping on the stream. The stream, uh, glad you guys could be here. It is early, seven coast, 7.30 East Coast time. So early I can't even talk this morning. Um, as you move west, earlier and earlier and earlier. So, um, gosh. Uh, stuff to talk about today. So let's throw, we'll throw the promo up there. We'll throw the, throw the intro in and that'll let me move some stuff around. So hang out for just a second and we'll be right back. Back at you, back at you. Okay. What? Whew. What a rundown we got to talk about today. And you know we go in, in waves. These stories always are running in waves. They are kind of all associated. So today we got a lot of announcements. So a lot of announcements, a lot of not necessarily um, deep, deep technical stuff like we had yesterday. But we have a, a lot of folks announcing stuff, giving you data, giving you the info you need to go out there as, uh, as a security and risk professional Start your day, have something to talk about at the water cooler, answer those questions as they're coming to you. Um, so we'll talk out, start, we'll talk out. We're going to talk about FSISAC, uh, Financial Services Information Sharing and Analysis Center. It's called the FSISAC. There's all kinds of ISACs out there. There's one for the medical and pharmaceutical companies. There's, there's ISACs out there. They're just places where the that group of organizations get together to talk about security. So um, it's an information sharing center. It's, it's where a lot of financials get together and they're going to talk about what's going on in their world, in the world of financial services. So this is things like hedge funds, brokerage houses, banks sometimes. Um, any organization that does deals with financials, um, a lot of them are part of FSISAC. So they're running the stats of what the numbers were. So prior to the pandemic, financial institutions paid $2,700 per full-time employee per year. That's about $400 from the year before. Um, and the article doesn't give an exact number, but it says organizations are doubling down. So we're assuming, I don't think it's double the money, um, but it's it's increasing the budget for cyber uh, because of the pandemic. And we can see that there's more remote workers, there's more fraud coming at the uh, end users, there's more phishing attempts, and we're going to talk about that later. There's a lot more just attacks coming at us, and the, the surface we have, because a lot of people are remote now, um, is expanded beyond the walls of the organization. So we've got to um, tie down how how we're going to to do security, it changes things a little bit. Let me keep an eye on. I think Restream is doing a little better, but we got to keep an eye on it. Make sure I'm not missing your comments. So, um, 
who who is the story by you may may be asking and i'm going to say the same thing this story uh se media brought us this story this morning so this is the third annual report from deloitte uh, deloitte and touche and fs isaac um found that budgets uh for cyber are increasing to about 10.9 percent of the overall it budget uh, is up from 10.1 percent so almost a full percentage up from the last year um, and this is from information gathered from 53 financial institutions um, so article says COVID 19 has resulted in vast changes in the financial sector cybersecurity challenge um, looking ahead given the tough microeconomic conditions rising from COVID 19 pandemic many companies will likely be taking a hard look to whether they need to cut expenses across the board the report stated it went on to say financial institutions however should be uh, particularly particularly judicious before making a reduction in cybersecurity budgets given the increased push towards digitization and the challenge that are raised by new often remote work environments as well as the increased insider threats cyber risk confronting most organizations are intensifying and we can all i think we can all say that so there's there's a whole new set of challenges that are facing our cyber our risk our our security professionals right not everybody's in our four walls people are distributed they're coming across a remote connection maybe they're using a byod device or bring your own device uh, to connect into the network. Maybe they're um, using some type of virtualized server, uh, serving up a screen scrape of a workstation to them remotely. It's just, there's just going to be a bunch of new challenges. And because these folks are at home, they can't be, you know, we hate to say it, but they can't be monitored as much to prevent them from taking pictures of their screens or sharing information with someone else. So there is new challenges. Uh, insider threat, like the article says, it's terribly uh, a big point now. Um, if you take an organization like a hedge fund, a lot of their information, a lot of their power, where their money comes from, is the knowledge that they get for trading. Um, a lot of that's done by quants, uh, quant, quantum mathematics to, to produce a trade that, that's going to front run the actual wave of the buying trend right that's what a lot of these hedge funds do um, that mathematical formula that intellectual property is the secret sauce that makes that hedge fund better than another hedge fund um, if they lose that man it's, it could be and the ends for them so protecting that intellectual property is the important thing right and that's what these folks need to think about before they start slashing their it budgets their security budgets um and we see it we see it time and time again the budgets will get slashed. There'll be a major hack. They'll dump a bunch of money into cyber, and then they'll they'll be back on it. Uh, Alex with us this morning. Good morning, Alex. Always always a pleasure to see you, sir. Um, here's the challenges that have been found in this report, and these are not going to surprise you. So, um, you know, they're trying to get better control over. Um, the end user environments and where, where were the challenges uh, in here somewhere the challenge one of the challenges I, the big the important part i was trying to drive to um it's just the the diverse the trying to get the workforce in right one of the challenges in this world is trying to get 
uh, trained, educated, you know, skilled cybersecurity professionals to the field. We know there's a shortage. There's already shortage, um, and it's not getting easier. That's why we meet every morning to talk about security, talk about this stuff, because the more we know, the more we can share with people, the more people can grow, the more we can understand it. So um, an important thing, another important thing that came out of this article, you know, with lines blurred among employees, customers, contractors, partners, vendors, in general, um, firms should cons consider implementing zero trust principles for access since the organization's, organization's perimeter is essentially gone. Every transaction involving flow of data, uh, whether it's been through the networks, applications, users, devices, workloads, should be controlled for least privilege access. And zero trust is one of the things I think we have to drive to. So as a community, we've got to drive to zero trust. You know, in the past, and we've talked about this, in the past, we, you know, the networks have been these defensive firewalls and IDSs and stuff at the perimeter. And then as you go towards the center, things get less hard. They become gooey, that gooey center with the hard, crunchy shell. So if we get through the shell, if we get through the perimeter defenses and as an attacker, once we get inside, we can bounce around, do what we want. We move laterally. So this zero trust principle means that we don't trust anyone. We don't trust any system. We don't trust any application. There's zero trust. So if somebody breaches a server, it's going to be hard to move laterally around the, the organization because server A doesn't really necessarily trust server B other than for a very finite defined set of uh, rules that allow communications between them based on what the two servers are doing. So there's not this throw a server on the network because it's on the inside we trust it and just open everything up to make sure it works. It's going to be very, it's going to be a lot harder for the IT folks to build servers correctly because we as security folks, the, the risk folks, the cyber people have to be standing there saying, you have to build it this way. We have a baseline. We have a benchmark. Maybe we follow the Center for Internet Security. Maybe we follow the DOD STIG or the Security Technical Implementation Guide. Maybe we follow our own guidance, but we have a set of rules and we've got to stand on those. We've got to stand on them and say, secure your stuff. We can't keep letting people get away with building stuff only partway secure. In this zero trust model that we have to be moving to, uh, we don't trust other devices, other people, other applications. Um, you know, companies should di uh, digitally enable their cyber function to improve agility and automation, weaving security by design principles into IT service development and embedding security requirements into architecture and design stages of software development life cycles help companies get ahead. Right. right. Uh, in this point, I'm preaching to the choir. You guys know this already. We build security into applications. We build security into systems from the beginning. Um, the system owners, the IT folks, don't know that, though, and they fight that every time. We need to be involved early. We need to be there at the kickoff of the meeting. Uh, we need to kick off. We need to talk about the system when it's being built so that we can get the security controls in place. They can build them. We can test them. If they don't pass, they can go back, get them fixed, and add them, add it in. It's... It's the way it's got to be. We got to we got to stand on the security controls, and, and that's really what this article um, is alluding to. Um, budgets are better now. Um, cyber budgets are going up, but you know whatever goes up is going to come down. It'll come down eventually. Um, and, and a lot of times, I see I he, I see and hear a lot of people talking about their budgets already being restricted. Uh, you know, training funds have gone down. Uh, 
money for tools has gone down. So you can't say in one hand, automate everything to make it better. And in the other hand, say, we're cutting the, the automation budget. It, the, those two things don't work together. So you got to have a strategy. You got to have a security architect that's going to sit there and say, this is the direction we're going. And when somebody wants to buy a tool that's outside the scope of that vision, somebody needs to snap them in the line and say, we've, we've got something, we're planning for something, or you're going to have to you know, figure another way to do it because that tool is outside of our budgets, outside of the direction we want to go. Um, so FSISAC, if you don't know about it, if you're in financial services, uh, and sometimes in the government, you can go attend these FSISAC briefings, the meetings, uh, the meetups. Uh, now they're mostly virtual now. Um, but you go there and they, they talk about a lot of other things. Uh, the you know, pharmaceutical uh, ISAC, they, they, whatever industry, there's usually an ISAC around it. Um, these are just groups that get together and talk about risk and security and how to move forward down the playing field. Um, so that's that one. So much we talked probably a lot more about it than is in the article. Um, but check it out. You know, as you know, the links are always in the show notes below. You can go down there and check them out, uh, figure out which articles you really want to dig into more. Maybe you want to dig into all of them more. I don't know. Um, Internet of Things, you know I love talking about the Internet of Things because it's it's a huge attack vector that, that we leave sitting out there. Um, it's allowing automation of, of simple things within our environments. It makes life more convenient, which means as security risk and cyber professionals, we got to know about these things. We got to understand the Internet of Things. We got to understand how that Amazon Echo works. We understand how automation automation of lights, how you know ring cameras and doorbells work. We need to know how the Nest thermostat works. How does that play into our cyber world? Because we have them at home, uh, small office, home office folks have them, and some organizations have a lot of these things. And if we don't have ring doorbells and things like that, we do have IoT devices in our on our infrastructure. Um, they're just more commercial. So. We have to understand them. So our second article here today from, is it S? Uh, no, sorry. Uh, this one is from uh, HelpNet Security. Might be the first story we've got from them. Um, but really talking about this new thought of how we can protect, not necessarily, well, in, in a way we're protecting those IoT devices, but really we're protecting the network uh, so that infrastructure uh, from attacks from the IoT devices. So we know a lot of times there's always a reason that a, a system is attacked, right? A computer is attacked normally to get access to the data, to use it for some other function such as crypto mining or sending out phishing emails um, to exploit it. That's either stealing data or something like locking it up with ransomware so that we can make money. Um, there's always a reason. A lot of times with these IoT devices, they don't have a lot of data on them. And if we put them in the right place, they can't connect to the network. So we can't use them for a pivot attack into the rest of the network. But what we, we can do is we can install some type of software on them that treats them as a bot. And then we can use them in our attack, our, our attack platform uh, to do denial of service attacks. So that is one of the key things that we're worried about with Internet of Things devices, right? Um, we worry about this, this massive di distributed denial of service attacks or DDoSs. If an attacker can get enough uh, ring doorbells, for example, or enough 
um, echo devices. They can use them to attack other things. And some devices are more secure than others. And that's what the article is saying is they have determined that through network analysis, they can determine what type of devices end users have on their networks. And normally end users are going to run their devices through a network address translation or NAT uh, stack on their perimeter device. So normally that access point or that cable modem that is sitting in your house somewhere that allows you to get on the internet, normally that's going to have something like network address translation. So it's one IP address to the world and all your other devices sit behind that and it's translated every time your ring doorbell connects to the network and does something on the internet it all looks like the same IP address to the internet. It's all coming from the same IP address. The IP address of that internet access point um, is the address that's going out everywhere. But this research um, by the uh, Ben Gurion University and the National University of Singapore have determined that if they look at the packets coming out, even though NAT is on and all the, at all the IP addresses are the same, they can look at and analyze and and analyze. They can look at and analyze the packet and determine what type of device it is, right? And if the device is known to be um, traditionally weak in providing protections, or it's known to be a device that has a lot of vulnerabilities, they can start watching it more. And if you're thinking, you know, pre-crime and the Minority Report, that's kind of what this is. So if they see a device, maybe you've got Larry's uh, cheap old video doorbell on your front of your house. Um, and we know that's susceptible to a lot of vulnerabilities. A lot of um, patching has to take place, but it usually doesn't take place on a normal rhythm. Then this method uh, of determining vulnerable systems behind your, net your NAT device um, gets your network flagged for possibly being kind of shut down during a DDoS. So if a DDoS happens and you've got some of these devices that they know are being used in the DDoS, um, the ISP can throttle your bandwidth, turn your bandwidth off, uh, pre-defend the network. Even though you may not be vulnerable, they can't tell the patch status of your device. They just know you have a device that is normally, generally more vulnerable than other devices. So it is, it's, like, it's like Minority Report. It's like this, this pre-crime thing. Um, so yeah, this is, it's kind of, you know, it's interesting to see. We can determine not if a system is actually vulnerable, but does your system have components that are traditionally vulnerable? So you may be defending the heck out of them. You may be providing all kinds of protections to those devices, but based on that signature that's coming out across the network, the ISP can say, okay, your network is a little more high risk than your neighbor's network. And then should something happen, they can throttle you, they can turn you back, even though maybe you're not contributing to that denial of service attack. Um, interesting concept. It's interesting that they came up with this. Um, it, it, I, I guess we'll see how it plays out. It's got, I've got some reservations around this. Um, and the, the story ends, uh, although our method is designed to detect vulnerable IoT devices before they are exploited, we plan to evaluate the resilience of our model to adversarial attacks in future research, uh, one of the researchers says. Similar, similarly, a spoofing attack in which an infected device performs dummy requests to an IP address and 
uh, ports that are different from the default ones uh, could result in missed detections, right? So they're essentially their their profile uh, of the devices could be skewed if you modify them or if the attacker modifies them a bit. Um, that could cause problems as well. So interesting to think about, you know, that the, your ISP could put you on a list just based on what devices you have. Um, you know, I think of Tom Cruise, you know, uh, arresting your network for, for pre-crimes, um, I guess. Um, next up, one of my favorite organizations, CISA, um, with the worst name in the world, uh, Department of Defense Cybercom and the FBI have um, released that there's a, a new Trojan out. Um, so this is named Tidor. Uh, three agents say this malware has been around since 2008, so that's why I say it's not new. But previous versions of malware have been spotted in uh, 2012, 2030, um, and detailed in reports that are linked in this article from ZDNet. Um, according to uh, Florian Roth, uh, malware, analysis, analysis, <laughs> malware analyst, man, it's that Monday morning talking that gets you. Uh, with Nextron Systems, uh, said this also goes by Taurus Rat. And when you, you, you hear Rat, you know, it's going to be a remote access tool or remote access Trojan, depending on what school you live in. Um, if spotted Tidor being used in new attacks, um, this version has both 32 and 62 bit, 32, 32 and 64 bit systems um, using a DLL or dynamic link library, uh, according to the joint alert. Uh, it's got two files. Uh, the first file is a loader, which starts as a service, and then the loader decrypts the second file, which is the payload, the actual remote access Trojan or the remote access tool. Um, uh, so the FBI says Tidor is normally deployed together with the proxy servers to hide the true point of origin uh, in, of the malware operator, trying to hide their tracks, right? Um, Spin through virus total. Obviously, this stuff can change over time. Do a small change to it, and it slides right through virus total. Um, but three agencies have put uh, out today a joint malware analysis report, or a MAR, um, that's linked in the article as well, that contains recommended mitigation techniques and suggested responses, response actions for the organizations they want to improve detection, prevent infections, uh, or have infected and want to remove the system from the malware from their system. Um, I can tell you, I, I didn't. I didn't go to the joint malware analysis report, but I welcome you to. Um, but you you know what this is. Um, have a defensive perimeter up. Um, have malware protection installed on your endpoints. Have malware protection installed on your servers. Um, keep them updated. Keep them fresh. Uh, have end user training, right? Somebody's got to normally click these files. If it's a Trojan, that means somebody has to have action to turn this thing on. It does not say, the article doesn't go on to say, what they're packaging this thing with, right? Um, so it's a Trojan. A Trojan, by trade, it, it's got to have an overt and a covert function, right? It's got to have the thing you think you're getting, uh, normally some type of software that you don't want to pay for, or a movie, or a song, or something like that. Uh, and then the overt function, which is going to be this, this Tidor uh, remote access tool. 
time they're calling it remote access Trojan. You know, if you know me, you know I have I have problems with calling a rat a remote access Trojan. It is a remote access tool. Uh, the delivery method could be a Trojan, uh, but a re remote access tool could also be delivered by a worm or by a virus. I think that worms, viruses, and Trojans are the delivery method, and the things like a rat are the tool or the payload that's put inside of that delivery method. That's Jim's school of thought. Um, obviously, your mileage may vary depending on how you think about these things. Uh, it's, it, it is crazy. So yeah, I know this thing's out there. If somebody touched talking about it, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's new, but it's it's new because it's just improved. It's been around since 2008. Um, I talked a little bit about the uh, the joint agency. So the three agencies have recently begun collaborating on releasing joint reports about new malware threats. The first joint report was sent earlier this year in February, when the three agencies warned about six new malware strains developed by North Korean state-sponsored hackers. Um, so I welcome you to check more into this. Uh, make sure your defenses are up. Make sure you have your shields up at work. Make sure you talk to your friends, family, coworkers uh, about updating their personal antivirus. Make sure you're, they're running antivirus to start with. That is important. Uh, a lot of people, you know, they don't, they don't run antivirus because they don't think they have to. They've got Linux, they got a Mac, and they think, ah, cool, I don't have to have it. And even though you've got a Linux or a Mac, we know there's viruses that are targeting those platforms now. And bigger than that, you've got MS Office probably on your um, on your Mac. And you've probably got different software on there, like Adobe Acrobat Reader on probably both of those platforms. And those applications, even though maybe your OS is hardened, um, those applications sometimes are the way in for the bad guy. So make sure you're keeping things updated. Make sure you're training your users. I'm going to tie, tie back into training your users all of the time. Um, that's Tidor. FBI in the news again. Let's move that over a little bit. Um, so FBI's warning of, of a new wave of e-commerce e fraud. Uh, that's our article from Dark Reading today. Uh, FBI's warning of a new wave of fraudulent shopping websites often advertised on social media platforms that take orders for a wide range of products and they never deliver. According to the FBI's announcement, fraudulent sites tend to offer prices considerably lower than the comparable legitimate sites and require payments, online money transfer, and display content and layout that's copied from a more traditional e-commerce site. So if it's too good to be true, and we say this probably every couple times a week on this channel, if it's too good to be true, you know it probably is too good to be true. Uh, you're getting your money taken. If you're paying with a credit card or something like that, it may be more than just that one line. Uh, we lose everybody, lost everybody for a second. I don't know. I don't know if we're back. We dropped connection. I just saw it drop like crazy i don't know if it's just our our storm we are in the middle of this this the storm right now the this hurricane that's coming up to the tropical storm now hopefully y'all are back uh somebody give me a ping please if you're all back i saw the connection drop out to zero and then come right back up so hopefully hopefully it didn't start a new stream um so if it's too good to be true man you, you know you know it is it, it is too good to be true you're gonna lose something in this um the article goes on to say along among the indicators of fraudulent activity listed in the notice include using internet top-level internet names such as .club or .top, 
uh, web address addresses registered within the last six months and utilizing a private domain registration service to avoid personal inf information being published on who is it public directory like you can't look up the people a lot, a lot of people put their stuff behind a private wall though that happens a lot um, so just know you know if it's too good to be true then uh, it is good morning Sarah good to see you nice to see you this morning um, thank you for letting me know the stream is okay. I did see it just dropped to zero, kind of picked right back up. So you're out there, you know, and you're, you guys are probably not going to fall for this. You're probably not going to fall for this scheme where, you know, normally this, 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 I don't know, cooker, this, this pressure cooker is normally a hundred dollars. We're selling it for 30 bucks. Um, come out to pressurecooker.top and, and pick yours up. And all we take is Bitcoin or all we take is uh, a money transfer or or something that can't be undone once it's done um, just worry about that stuff worry about you know put your common sense hat on and that's what we need to tell our our friends our family our co-workers if it looks too good to be true it is it, it is too good to be true somebody something you're, you're paying for it in some other way you, you're getting some other malicious code with, with software maybe uh, you're never going to get the product that you bought Maybe that's what it is. Um, it, it's just one of those things. You know, just keep use common sense. If you use common sense, that's that's probably all you need. Need a coffee break real quick. Man, that's good coffee. I'm a big fan of coffee in the morning. You guys know that. Got to got to keep you going. So that's what's going on. FBI is is busy in the news. I'll, I'll you know say what you want about the government. There are so many groups within the government that are doing good things um maybe the the bigger bigger pieces of the government are just like crunching along but there's so many you know pieces that are doing good things like cyber the cyber division and the fbi um the irs is cyber folks the um center for internet security out of homeland security all and so many more that i, I haven't even mentioned are doing good things they're, they're trying to keep us secure and sometimes we're on our own worst enemy so as the security people, as the risk people, as the as the cyber folks, we have to share with our friends. Do the right thing. They may never listen to you, but we have to kind of you know keep pushing that agenda forward to get people to think about having TikTok on their phone. At least at least think about it. Don't just blindly install stuff. And I'll pick on TikTok um, because it's very questionable as of late. Uh, speaking about questionable, um, we all. We all dealt with this. If you were a cyber professional, security professional, a couple weeks ago, everybody was so worried about this Twitter breach, this Twitter attack. Um, it was, it was, again, people like Elon Musk, uh, Bill Gates, Barack Obama, sending out a message from the Twitter account. If you send me Bitcoin, I'll double it. I'll send you back double. Send me 200 Bitcoin, I'll send you 400. Send me 50 Bitcoin, I'll send you 100. It doesn't pass the common sense tool. Or common. This does not pass the common sense test. So what the, the attackers want to do is they wanted to get you to send 100 Bitcoin in, and they were going to keep the 100 Bitcoin and obviously not give you anything back. So they first they had to get a hold of a way to manage these VIP accounts, right? And we know the list, right? The included list, they always use the same list in this article. This one is from Info Security Group. Um, 
your, your normal list, right? So uh, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Elon Musk, Kanye West, and many others um, sent out these tweets that said, hey, if you send me Bitcoin, I'll double it. And it was sent, they used 130 profile, high profile accounts. And the way these guys did it is they spearfished Twitter employees. And, and the article says they spearfished them by phone. I don't think that's technically spearfishing, but uh, we'll, we'll be okay with that. Um, so who was caught? Two teens and a man in his early 20s have been arrested for the account hijacking and cyber attack on high-profile Twitter accounts that took place in mid-July. Um, so three males, uh, Mason Shepard, uh, Chewan, who's 19, uh, from the UK, Nemia Fazit, Fazel, uh, a.k.a. Rolex, 22 of Orlando, Florida, and then a 17-year-old uh, from Tampa, Florida. Obviously, they're not going to give his name because he's a minor. Um, but these guys are getting nailed, I'm telling you. They're getting nailed to the wall. So, um, Shepard's been charged with cons conspiracy to commit wire fraud, a conspiracy to commit money laundering, and the international access of protected computers. Fazel... Fazelli has been charged with aiding and abetting in the international access of a protected computer. And obviously the way that these guys are going to get tried is a little different because one is in the UK and two are in the United States. So they'll get tried under the different systems, the, the UK systems of, of trial and then the US system. Um, but the 70-year-old charges have been sealed, although the report suggests that he was the ringleader the 17-year-old kid was the ringleader. So that 17-year-old had this 19-year-old and this 20-year-old kind of, let's go for it. 17-year-old kind of was the was the uh, Tony Montana of this whole thing. Um, and he's been charged with 30 felony accounts. Um, crazy. Um, and he's being tried in the, the state as, uh, he's being tried in the state court as Florida law reportedly allows minors to be charged as adults adults for some financial crime cases. So he's being tried as an adult. So they've caught him. They said they received $100,000 from about 400 uh, accounts, 400 folks. 400 folks actually transferred funds to these guys. Um, crazy that people did this. Crazy people. There's uh, P.T. Barnum, I guess, said there's a sucker born every minute, and that's what these guys are playing off of. People do that. We. It's just not a sucker it's just people are not informed and they're not thinking about what they're doing they see something and there's this call to urgency like i'm only going to do this for the first hundred people or i'm only going to do this for a little bit and when i decide i'm going to quit i'm just going to quit that's a key indicator that this is this is a scam is there's that call to urgency you have to do it now um, the article says actually this is from um the irs uh um, criminal investigation um, this is Kelly, Kelly Jackson, who is the special agent in charge of this thing. She's from um, the IRS Criminal Investigations uh, Service. She's a special agent there. Um, she says, this case serves as a great example of how to follow the money. Uh, international collaboration and public-private partnerships can work successfully to take down a perceived anonymous criminal enterprise regardless of the illicit crime and whether... Uh, the proceeds are virtual or tangible. Um, the IRS will, CI will continue to follow the money and unravel complex financial transactions. 
So they were able to follow the trail of money to get to figure out who these folks are. So they figured out the the how the Bitcoin was transferred um, and who it went to, right? Um, so she goes on to say the cyber or the Washington D.C. field office cyber crimes unit analyzed the blockchain and de-anonymized the Bitcoin transactions, allowing the the identification of two different hackers and then they probably got the those folks to um, roll over on the other folks yeah greed and fear gets them every time i'm sure that yeah I'm, I'm sure that when they got these first two folks they one of them rolled over on the third um, that's probably all it's probably it's probably the size of the group that, that did this attack and, and essentially you know think about this this kid he's 17 years old he's got 30 felony counts on him um I mean, his life is totally in a change. It's going to change for maybe, you know, if they split this up three ways, you know, $33,000, $34,000 a piece. So $34,000 seems like a lot of money, but man, when you're talking about throwing the rest of your life away, um, crazy. And it wasn't wasn't a high, highly technical attack. It was a, uh, a spear phishing attack. It was a social engineering attack. Uh, so that's always, you know, always, always kind of sad. Because, you know, turn, had he used that skill set for something better, uh, he could have been joining us in our, in our career fields. He could have been one of the cyber professionals going out, maybe working for the very office that grabbed him, this uh, the uh, um, cyber crimes unit uh, out of the IRS. Hard to say one or two different things in your life can change, totally change the outcome. So that's kind of the closing. I think that's the close. I will probably see sentencing. That'll be the final closing curtain call of this Twitter attack. Um, this Twitter attack is, it's the story that won't die. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep playing it because everybody's going to talk about this. Somebody somebody worked today is going to talk about, hey, did you hear about these guys that got captured? Did you hear they're all out of, you know, Turkey or something? You're like, no, they're out of Turkey. Two are out of Florida. One's out of the UK. You're ready. You're armed now with the data to get you through this thing. You can throw them the link. Um, I've actually, you know, in my, my, my day job, um, I've started copying the same links out of here and just uh, sending it out as email. So folks that can, that want to read up on this stuff can, um, but got to talk about the holiday. Today is a good holiday. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, we have, a lot of times we have weird holidays. Like today is also national chocolate chip, chocolate chip cookie day. Um, and we could be playing up on that. Uh, chocolate chip cookies are awesome. Uh, but we're not going to. We're going to talk about it's the National Coast Guard Day. It's because it's their birthday. It's the Coast Guard's birthday. Uh, they're founded on this day in 1790. Uh, makes them the longest continuous uh, seagoing branch of the the military, armed services. And I know it's like, it's like okay, how do we, they're not, they're not part of like the DOD. Um, they can't be because they do some some stuff that um, if they were part of the, the duty, they couldn't do. That's posse comitatus law that keeps the, the military from being able to do stuff against U.S. citizens. Um, so they don't, they fall under Homeland Security, but they're a member of the armed services as well. Um, they do have people that have like, like done everything they've deployed to, to many of the conflicts we've been in. Um, there's Medal of Honor winners. They get the same, you know, so they're kind of a weird organization in the fact that they have two roles. They have a military role and they have a civilian role. So they, they've definitely, um, 
you know, when I joined the military back in the 80s, you know, we were running around with blanks and learning to, to fight a war. And they were normally out on patrol boats with locked and loaded li- with live ammunition. So um, a lot of times we make fun of the Coast Guard. We say, you know, the Coast Guard has got to you got to be tall to be in the Coast Guard. That way, when the boat goes down, you can just walk back to shore. Uh, a lot of jokes about the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard does a great, wonderful job. Been around for a long time, doing good things. Uh, we're going to continue to make fun of them, though, because that's what we do. Um, Space Command's coming up. Maybe they'll be the next one. But um, it is Coast Guard. Let's take. I sent a link. Put a link out there. Uh, USO is talking about the Coast Guard. What the Coast Guard's all about. Talks a lot about Semper Paratus. You know, always prepared. The motto of the Coast Guard. Um, USO is another organization. I always donate to USO. USO has always been there when when the service member needs them. Um, so I always, uh, USO is one of the, one of my favorite organizations. And because we're talking about the Coast Guard, I'm talking about Adam Pruss. Uh, Adam's a good friend of mine. Uh, unfortunately, we lost him in July uh, due to due to an accident. Uh, uh, health-related things. Great guy, warrant officer, joined, joined, enlisted in the Coast Guard as a young man, became a warrant officer, did great, wonderful things. He was a, he was a, a network geek um, for the Coast, officer, Coast Guard, did a lot of things. Uh, when he retired from the Coast Guard, he continued to work for the Coast Guard as a contractor, doing great and wonderful things. So, um, you know, hats off to Adam. We're going to miss you, man. We really are. And, you know, Sarah, you're right. Uh, most most folks in the Coast Guard are, uh, you know, dirty, nasty legs. They they certainly are. Uh, we know paratroopers always love to point out the fact that, um, you know, if you're not a paratrooper, you are dirty, nasty leg. That's just, I, I'm sorry, it's just the facts. It, it's just the facts. It's the way things are. Um, <laughs> uh, wish wish uh, Mike Bravo was here this morning, uh, paratrooper brother. So... That's your rundown of the day. Um. <laughs> awesome. That is great. I thought maybe you were a a, a paratrooper couple. That's that, that's an awesome thing when you run across that. Um, so that's your that's your cyber news of the day. I don't have a product to talk about this morning. We are getting things together. This you know this thing is. I, I put the link. I'm going to put it on. I'm going to put it on the store just in case somebody. I I don't really like the fact of the price we're going to have to pay for these just to recover the cost of shipping and getting the engraving done on them and the cups themselves. The cups I'm started out expensive to start with, more expensive than I want to. And I know they're they're they are a quality cup. This is my first time using it, so I can't tell you. It, it's been hot all morning for the last two and a half hours. So. Um, I know it works. Arctic is apparently, the story goes, some kind of split between the guy that invented Yeti and his wife. Or I don't know. I don't know the wives' tale about that. But it's a good cup. It's a nice quality metal cup. Um, don't put it in the microwave. Um, it's got a really good seal on this thing. Um, and, of course, you know, we put the red, my, my favorite, the remember everybody, remember everyone deployed on the one side and our, our logo, the Cyber Recon, on the other. Um so yeah, just it, it would hurt. It hurts me to put that price, uh, the price these things would have to go for, and, and expect you guys to pay for it. So um, I don't know. Let me know what you think. I, I, I just have they turned out great though. God, um, 
I'll have to, I'll have to we'll talk about the folks that, that cut this and cut the water bottles. I think I'm in the same situation with the water bottles. Um, I'll put them out there. I don't know. I, I kind of feel bad. Um, just the price of them. They are very, very high quality. They're good quality products. They're not, they're not crap. That's for sure. They're not, they're going to last for a while. So I'll think about it. I'll put them both. I'll put them both out there. Um, I don't know. I'm looking, you guys tell me in the show notes, um, what's the most, and I, maybe tell me this, what's the most you'd pay for a coffee cup like this? And it is, it is an Arctic. So it's not, you can see it's got the, the, the crazy logo there. Decent quality, really good quality. Um, let me know what, what, what's your top price for a decent coffee cup in the real world. Not, not, uh, anything crazy. Maybe we can, maybe tie these to a fundraiser or something. Maybe that's the way we can do it. I, I just, I feel a little bit tied up just because the, the, the amount these things are going to be by the time we got everything into it. Maybe we'll figure a way to source them differently next time. Um, I'll put them out there. I, I, I really don't expect them to, to go crazy. It's, it's, it's at swag. It's at swag at, uh, Cyberrecon.com, I think front slash wag, I think is where the t-shirts are. Now the t-shirts like 15 bucks with the same red logo and the RMF shirts. But anyways, we're rolling on, just talking about stuff. Hope you guys are good. Hopefully things are going well. Um, glad Mike's here. Always have good to have a, a paratrooper in the morning. Glad Alex is here. Um, you know, Kevin, whoever else is out there, thank you so much for watching. Thanks for pushing the cyber agenda forward protecting your friends, your family, your coworkers, keeping things secure, keeping things locked down, trying to keep the bad guy out, trying to protect our our intellectual property and and keep us secure as a nation. So anyways, that's all I got to say about that. Guys, like Mike Mike is going to tell us, go out there and get some. I'm going to tell you be safe, take care of each other, uh, protect your protect your folks, and we'll see you tomorrow same time, same place, uh, hopefully maybe a little drier.